pursuing relationships on purpose. One of the things that our father wants is us become one. I want to do what pleases my father. We don't have to be instantly mature in everything to be loved. You got the love of God, you got the holiness of God. You got to marry the two because that's who and what God is. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we're pursuing relationship on purpose. I'm Josh, hanging out with you today, and later on in the program, we're going to have on with us Nancy Harriman, a very close friend of ours uh, that we're doing life with. Her and her husband, David, are uh, good friends of ours. And she's been a part of community and has been such a blessing and such a voice in my life personally. And I'm excited to have her on the program. We're going to be talking about how following the leading of the Holy Spirit will change our hearts and change our minds about things that we may have walked in for a very long time. It brings us to the place where we talk about pursuing relationships in community and how that can be difficult for uh, many people, including myself, you know. There are many different types of personalities, many different types of abilities and skill sets and talents, and people contribute to community in different ways. And so one of the things that we have to settle is we're going to pursue relationship on purpose. Now, I'm speaking mainly to the church, to the body of Christ, how we pursue relationship not only with the Lord and with each other, but also with the world. And how can we pursue relationship with the world, preach the gospel, and lead people to Jesus if we're at odds with one another? We can't stay there. We, we have to be ambassadors of reconciliation. We're not called to be ambassadors of justice. That's God's business. We're called to be ambassadors of reconciliation, life-giving spirits that heal, deliver, set free, and keep safe and sound all that Jesus has restored once and for all on the cross. And we are to be caretakers of that. We're to be mentors and fathers and mothers, discipling those that we've led to Jesus, not only preaching the gospel, which transforms us, but preaching communion with the Father, because he's our source. You know, the Bible says, let no man be your teacher, but the Christ. So as Holy Spirit is working in us and through us, his voice is heard, not our own, not our own opinions, not our own personal preferences, not our own agenda. But the heart of the Father being translated and influencing through us. It's such an exciting era that we live in. The world is changing so fast. I just read an article this morning talking about how much the world has changed in just the last six or seven years. Culturally, there's a great shift in the earth. And people are beginning to accept things that were never culturally accepted before. Behaviors and lifestyles. Things that are motivated by selfishness instead of selflessness. It's the total opposite of what we're called to be as followers of Jesus. Jesus said, if any man come after me, that means if he emulate me, that means if he walks in my footsteps, that means if he follows the example that I've set for all of humanity, he must first deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. This is a call to the church. We have to expel selfishness and our own desires, our own wants and needs for the sake of others. We have to prefer one another. We have to consider others better than ourselves. We have to walk in forgiveness and be ambassadors of reconciliation. The word reconcile literally means 
to make right through agreement. This is how we are unified in the faith, by agreeing with Jesus. You know, I did a blog not too long ago about communion breeds community. It's our common union with the Father that breeds our common unity with each other. If we don't have that communion, there's no way we're ever going to have community. We've got to get alone in the secret place. We've got to hear the heartbeat of God. We've got to listen to his voice and be obedient to what he's calling us to do. We have to become the love that he is. So the gospel not only saves us, but it transforms us into the likeness of our father. It's what Jesus came to buy back, the image of the father. I love how scripture talks about glorifying the father and that we live from glory to glory. And whenever the glory of the Lord is is mentioned in the word, it's associated with the manifest image of God. That's what Jesus came to give us, the manifest image of God, that we become like our father through our communion with him. Jesus said in John 17, and I say it over and over and over again, this is eternal life that you know the Father and the Son that he sent. Eternal life is knowing. It is this intimate union, a common union, a communion. So as we have that communion with the Father, we begin to have community with each other. It just flows out of that. It's like rivers of living water flowing out of our belly. It's love. And that's how the world knows that we're his by our love one for another. We can't have that without our communion with the Father. And so as we're trying to build community on purpose, we have to first tap into our relationship with the Father, hear his heart, and know what he thinks about everything, his perspective, that is the faith that we're unified under. Our unity of faith is the perspective of our Father, that we begin to see things the way that he sees things, that we begin to call things out the way he calls things out. It's the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And it leads us and guides us into all truth. So whenever we're confronted with cultural norms that used to be not okay and now are okay, we can call it for what it is and say, no, that's not okay. Not that we're pitting ourselves against people because our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but there are influences and voices in people's lives that have convinced them of a lie and they have changed their entire paradigm based on these lies. That's why the truth is so important. That's why we have to preach the gospel, because it's the power of God unto salvation. But once we've preached the gospel, let's put people into communion with the Father, because he's the source. He is the life-giving spirit that gives us life and allows us to give life to others through the truth in love. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.5, the goal of our instruction is to become love through a sincere heart, clear conscience, and genuine faith. Sincere heart means I want what the Father wants. I want truth. And I truly want that because I've allowed him to come in and I've surrendered to his will. Not my will, but your will be done. It's the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. A clear conscience. It's one of the most powerful tools that we have because without a clear conscience, we won't step out. We won't open our mouth. We won't lay hands on people and and see them recover. We won't share the truth in love because our conscience is violated. 
So we have to truly receive everything that Jesus paid for. We have to believe the truth that he has bought us with his blood and he has set us apart, taken us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into his very own kingdom. That he has presented us before the father, holy, acceptable, above reproach, without a single fault. We are sinless, blameless. We have been transformed by the power of Jesus' blood. We believe that, and we can walk in a clear conscience. And then genuine faith, it is the very perspective of our Heavenly Father. It's how He sees things. Jesus said, when your eye is single, the body is flooded with light. But if your eye is multiple choice, this, that, or the other, then the body is filled with darkness. We have to keep our eyes on the Father. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Look to him. Watch what he's doing. Listen to what he's saying, and he will direct your path. Jesus did this very well. He got alone with the Father very often. He fasted. He denied himself, and he listened to the Father, and he watched the Father. In fact, he didn't do anything that the Father wasn't doing, and he didn't say anything that the father wasn't saying. That's why he could tell Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen the father, because he was the perfect representation of the father, which is what he's given us the ability to do through his finished work of the cross. It is the power of the gospel that has translated us into the kingdom of light. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we can have fellowship one with another. I believe this generation is going to grasp this in a way that we never have before, that we're going to begin to walk in power. We're going to begin to walk in supernatural strength and ability, and the grace of God is going to pour out from us to the entire world. Let's do it together. Let's lock arms. Let's be the body of Christ unified in the faith. Well, next week, I'm going to have TJ Britton on the program with me, and we're going to be talking about all kinds of things, really a, about coming out of the darkness and into the light and how God wants us to be influential in our culture. And he's got a lot of great things to share. Uh, our stories are very similar. We've, we, we came from uh, very different backgrounds, but we wrestled with some of the same exact things. And it just goes to show you, you're not alone. If you think you're all by yourself... I can almost guarantee you that someone else has gone through it or is going through it and they can relate and they can help you if we just reach out intentionally and pursue relationship. When I come back, Nancy Harriman will be on the program with me talking about how it's never too late to say yes to the call of God on your life to build and be in community. Stick around. A continuous sound of vertical worship expressed to God in music, art, and dance. Come express your heart and encounter His presence. Incense Rising, 24 hours of expression and encounter. Hosted at Victory Christian Center in Carthage, Missouri, Friday, December 2nd from 7 p.m. to 7 p.m. Saturday, December 3rd. Worshippers, dancers, and artists are free to come and go as you please throughout the event. To lead a music set, please sign up for a time slot at incenserising.org. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. 
Welcome back to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. You know, we've been talking about following the voice of God, listening to Him, being single in our focus, and being unified in the faith. And someone who has been a voice in our community and just been a really loving support, she's really special to me. So we're just really excited today to have Nancy Harriman in the studio with me and have you on the podcast. It's so wonderful to have you. Uh, you've been a voice in the community. You've uh, been kind of a, a mama to a lot of people, a sister to a lot of people, and come up alongside and just seen wonderful things happen in our community. You've been a part of some pretty amazing movements. We just wanted to sit down with you and just hear your heart. First of all, if people don't know who you are, just share a little bit about mm-hmm who you are, and what you're doing. Well, thank you, Josh. It's an honor to be here to be with you. I'm Nancy Harriman. I am over 60, I'll just say that, (laughs) and I've been in the community all my life. My husband Dave and I, we've raised three boys, Kirk, Ryan, and Rob. A lot of you will know Rob. He's a missionary. Ryan lives in Louisiana and is serving the Lord down there, and Kirk is in Branson. His life calling has been being a coach, and so he's coaching the Branson baseball team and softball team. I have been in church all my life. I went to a denominational church until I was 14 or 15. My mom and dad probably were the most influence in my life. I saw their character and saw their love of the Lord. And even though I wasn't maybe taught everything in church, I got my character and my love for the Lord from my mom and dad. So then the journey goes on. You know, you have the journey of your 20s and your journey of your 30s when your kids are getting older. And then the 40s when they leave the house, the Lord has been faithful and good and he has stretched me and I have many, many journeys. So in those journeys, I'm sure that you've had some aha moments. You've had Mm -hmm. some revelations as -hmm. to who God is and gotten to know him deeper and maybe seen the multifaceted sides of God in in others and um, in the word and in your alone time with him. What are the milestones? Mm -hmm. If you could just take us through those aha moments Mm -hmm. of your life and just say, this is where my life changed And my whole paradigm shifted. Okay, so in my early 20s, I watched the 700 Club. And I saw people come on, and they would talk about being in Mexico and seeing people healed. They would talk about how it was walking with the Lord, seeing lives changed, transformed. And at that moment, all of a sudden, it stirred my heart. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know God like that. I know the God of the Bible in reading it, but I don't know the friendship, the relationship with the Lord. And so that started my hunger. And so then you can fast forward to 1998. Uh, we went to the Smithton Revival in Smithton, Missouri. Uh, some of you have probably haven't heard of it, and some of you weren't even born at that time. But we went to this revival, and it, they called it the Cornfield Revival because it's out in the middle of nowhere. And people would come. They knew that the Lord was moving, and God was showing up, and there were signs and wonders. It was just wonderful. And that we would go over the railroad tracks and go into this little town of Smithton. And actually, for me, it's like the atmosphere was you could even breathe. The air was just so, uh, so pure. And so we went there and Dave and I went there um, in July of 1998. And we heard Steve Gray preach. And we got back in the car and we sat there before we even turned the car on to go back to the motel for the evening. It's like, okay, we know this, what are we going to do about it? 
what, how are we going to do? Are we going to just say, oh, that's another uh, check that we've, you know, we've been to revival? Or are we going to grasp hold of that, like the lady with the issue of blood, and grasp hold of the garment of Jesus and said, I'm all in, I'm going on with this. And so that was a big step for us, for both Dave and I together. We just decided there's so much more, and we're going to go after it. So we've been fortunate enough to hear John Wimber start Calvary Chapel. We were at a conference in Texas and heard him. And in 1998, we had that desire to be all in. I was telling you before, I love revivals. I love to hear how God takes, you know, somebody that doesn't know the Lord at all and totally transform from darkness into light. And so Smithton started that. And since then, we've been to, you know, Brownsville Revival. We've gone to several, but that has carried us on a journey that we have loved, we've cherished, we have seen God move. We've been in services that have been loud and boisterous and loud, and you'd think, oh my gosh, this is it. And then we've been in services that we've sat there and the presence of God was so strong that you could hear a pin drop for 30 minutes. Babies were there and no one said a word. I mean, the multifacets of the Lord is just amazing. Along the way, I'm sure you've met quite a few folks that have maybe come and gone or maybe early on have been a part of your life and have walked this journey with you. Talk a little bit about relationship and how that plays a role in our walk with the Lord. Yes, it's very important. It's just important to find uh, people that are like-minded. It gives you strength, you know, uh, it gives you strength. Every journey, the 20s and then the 30s, I was telling you, the 40s, that we've had, you know, couples or couples that we've met with and we've encouraged each other and they can encourage you and you can encourage them by the word. The Lord's just been really, really gracious to do that. The one thing I learned was that Dave and I, we are such good friends, such good, uh, you know, confidants that for so long we did, we were kind of the island. We thought, you know, it's just us, it's us four no more, you know, I've heard that saying. And we did that. We tried to live that for a long time. And then all of a sudden, the Lord started, you know, how he so gently comes in and says, you need to do this or read this. And he showed us that the body is so uh, important. Uh, friendships are important. It's community is so important. And, you know, every time we heard community, we'd, we'd go click. We didn't want to hear it because we loved, you know, being uh, by ourselves. But we didn't realize what we were missing. So uh, you talk about friendships. Yeah, we had friendships in our 20s and our 30s and our 40s. But about when we were in our 40s, all of a sudden the Lord says, okay, open up. You know, you have got to get involved. You have got to be part of the, a part of, uh, the family of God. It's in communities, but God has just so revealed that it's part of community. Um, you have to do things as a whole. The church is always getting bigger. You know, it's God's um, plan in the Garden of Eden. Uh, multiply and um, establish, get bigger. It just is always God's will for us to expand. We did not want to stick our toe in to do it. And then it was just like, he so gently showed us, you need to do this, you need to do this, to where then all of a sudden, how could you not? You know, and so it's still hard for us, you know, but we're still, but we're still doing it. And, you know, we're almost 70, you know? Yeah. So you and Dave have kind of been a, you know, the dream team. You've 
done it all together. You've had relationships along the way. You've been part of communities along the way and just trying to be obedient to whatever God's calling you to do. Um, moving forward, it seems like maybe you've had one of those aha moments here not too long ago to where community is kind of becoming priority in your lives. Yes. Dave and I learned the Lord has revealed to us that it is in community. It is in relationships. It's like you can't go in and sit in front of a, a classroom and teach, you know, and, and really speak life into those people unless you have a relationship with them. It's all in relationships. And so we have found that we've had to train our brain to be intentional when it comes to establishing the kingdom community. It's not easy for us because we've always gone to church on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning, and we might have had a group of people, but not intentionally establishing a community. So the Lord has really dealt with us, and we're still working on our hearts with that. But in the last five years, um, we have said yes to Him. We will do what you asked us to do. So Dave and I have really been intentional about hearing the voice of God and asking Him, Lord, what do you say about this? And when He says, go for it, we go. And so it has really changed our lives the last five years. You know, every journey, you you step into that journey and you're not sure, but He has taken us to where we see it. I can close my eyes and see the kingdoms advancing, its community. We all get together. We're on the same likes. We worship. You have worship, you have teaching, and you have fellowship. And then you see somebody on the outside that don't know that, and you speak to them and bring them in, and our fellowship just gets enlarged. And that's that's building the kingdom. Yeah. So what's stirring in your heart? What is What is important about the body of Christ being unified in the faith. You know, we've got different doctrines. We've got different um, bylaws and all this other thing, right? We've got different theology, but we are of one faith. Yes. We believe in Jesus Christ That's as right. our Lord and Savior. That's right. So a lot of times that reach across the aisle has to be deliberate. It has to be intentional. And why do you think that's important? Well, it's important because you have to have unity, and uh, not only unity in the church, but you know, there's an, a world out there looking to see, to look at the church and see what we have, and it says we will make them jealous and they'll want us. But you know, if um, but they have to see us uh, walk in love, and I think loving each other is the the love of the Father spread, and uh, when I look into at somebody that is probably not my same personality, I look and say, okay, Jesus, you show me him or her. Show me what you see. Let me see what you see. Let me love what you love. And that, in the last five years, I've said that over and over. Whenever you see somebody that's either lovely or unlovely or or someone hard to get along with or or somebody that's strong and bold and, and uh, rambunctious, you know, Lord, show me. Show me what I need to pray for them. Show me what I need to speak, when, where, and how. Um, show me what you see. Uh, show me how I can encourage them. And that's how we have unification in the body. The love of God is all just spread abroad in everyone's hearts. And you know, you learn to love those people. 
Yeah, because we can really see Jesus in yes. there. Yes. And, you know, we were talking before we turned the mics on, on how people do things differently. Yes. And sometimes the spirit of uniformity can get in there. And if we've been around the same kind of people that do the things the way that we normally do them and we see something different, it's kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can like agree with that or if I can connect to that. But then you begin to realize that the Lord is using different people in different ways, not wasting anything at all, mm-hmm. making wrong things right, fixing things where we fall short and really living in us and through us to accomplish his will on the earth. And, this is eternal life that we know him. Yes. And they will know, the world will know, that we are his by our love by one for love. another. Yes. Hopefully, they'll come to know him. Oh, yeah. And there's that song that came out in the early 70s, they'll know we are Christians by their love. And that is that is true then, it's true now. It's so true. And the world is always watching to see our reaction, how we interact with each other, how we interact with them. And so they're always looking. We need to reveal Jesus, and we need to reveal heaven on earth. Amen. Yeah, I I call it the T factor. In order to be influential in someone's life, they have to feel safe. Yes, they do. And that requires trust. And in order to gain trust with somebody, you have to love them. They have to feel loved. They have to feel safe. They have to feel like you care for them. Yes, that's right. And whenever that happens, it's the T factor. I'll do anything for you. I'll let you into my life. I'll open my heart to you. And that's that's what we're going for. If people feel like they're important in our eyes, if you make them feel important and you honor them, that comes across and they will open up their hearts. But they have to feel that before they will. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we, t- we tend to be guarded. That's yeah, just that's so the nature true. of things. So let's ease up on the boundaries a little bit and let people in. Yes. Because we need others. We need we each do. other, really. We, and, we, and it's so funny because uh, we're so disillusioned that we don't think we do. You know, the uh, the enemy and his manipulations has manipulated to where you think, ah, I really don't, I can do this all by myself. And the lenses that we're looking at, we think we can. And then all of a sudden, the Lord reveals that you are not an island. You can't stand alone. You need others. And then when you realize that, for when I realize that, the Lord has given me compassion for people, but He has also taken me to where I meet with five or six women a week. You're in one place, and then the Lord reveals to you, you need to change. And then all of a sudden you think, well, they did that for me. I've got to start doing it. And that's how the kingdom's built. You know, something's revealed to you. You change. You meditate on it. You change your heart. You change your thinking. You change your lifestyle. You change your words. And then you want to share that with everybody you know, because it's changed your heart so much. It's changed the body. You know, we establish and we advance the kingdom. Yeah. And you you think he's revealing himself to you so that you make those changes so that maybe you look more like him? Yes. (laughs) That's so good. Yes. (laughs) So it really becomes who you are. Oh, it is. Yeah. And and the gospel doesn't just save you. It transforms you. Oh, it does. Big transformation. Yeah. Nancy, it's been such a joy Uh, to have you on the program. And I just, I'd love to have you back. Thank you so much for asking me. Yeah. You and Dave are a part of our lives and Uh we're just loving getting to know you guys even better every day and look forward to what we're going to do in the future. It's going to be awesome. Thank you, Josh. All right, so next week, T.J. Britton will be with me. We're going to be talking about influence and communion. 
on the Encounter Culture Podcast. We'll see you then.